Welcome friends to another r slash entitled parents video. Today we've got a lot of crazy entitled parents stories and our first story of the day is from caffeinated cryptid. My mom freaks out because she couldn't squeeze money out of my dad. So this is my second post. My friend said I should share this one. This happened a couple of years ago and I just got my braces. My dad said I didn't need them yet but my mom said I did and went ahead with me getting braces and she gets mad when my dad refuses to pay for braces he didn't agree to. Also, everyone in the story is well aware of my mother's behavior. My dad picked me up to watch a movie with me and spend time with him and my stepmom. Before leaving, my mom told me to get money for my braces adjustment for the next month, and I said I would try since my dad never wanted to pay for this. I brought up the payment after the movie, and he said no like I expected him to. I begged him and told him I'd get yelled at, but he just told me to tell my mom no. He's not going to pay for my braces at all or anything he didn't agree to. So I told her exactly what my dad told me to tell her when she called. And like I expected, she flipped out and started screaming on the phone and made me give the phone to my dad. He tried to reason and talk to her, but that was met with yelling. He handed the phone to me and I talked to my mom a bit before I put down the phone. She called again and again and my dad told me not to answer and I stupidly didn't listen. I answered when we were in the car, and she was yelling and screaming at me. I was crying and begging her to listen, but nothing worked. I told her I didn't want to come home if she was going to keep screaming at me. She said she was going to give away my cat if I don't come home. I begged her not to, but she hung up the phone. I was crying a lot, since this cat helped me through a lot ever since I got him and I really loved him. My stepmom comforted me and tried to calm me down while she and my dad tried to figure out what to do. My dad called up my aunt, mom's sis, and told her what happened. I don't remember what he said or what happened. I must have fallen asleep in the car because when I woke up, we were at my step-grandma's place. My stepmom said she shut off my phone and I was grateful she did. I had a couple hours of peace while I was there. My dad brought me home after a few hours and I was nervous as heck. He comforted me the whole ride there and told me to call him, my aunt, or my stepmom if anything happens. When I got home, I found my cat in his carrier outside our door, and my mom ranting to her friend on the phone. I took my cat back in and had a very long talk with her. I don't remember anything after that other than tears and a lot of talking. And if anyone is wondering, my dad caved to my mom's demands and paid for my braces and has been paying ever since to avoid an incident like this. I just hate that OP's mom is refusing to spare OP as being the centerpiece of this, I guess, battle between these two ex-partners. I will say though, if OP actually did get approved for braces, I think that usually means the dentist agrees that braces are at least beneficial. Like if OP didn't really need braces, I don't think any respectable dentist was going to put them on. But it's also a horrifying concept for this mom to turn around, get OP their braces, and then say, well, I'm not paying for it. Imagine the panic a kid has to feel when they have the actual braces in their mouth and the parent that drove you to get that says, well, I don't know how we're going to pay for it. You better get your dad to. Do you guys think a kid raised in the way OP is would go on to cut their mom off later on in life at some point? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from ULFR. Don't want to discipline your child? Fine, both of you can stay home while we go have fun. This one's a sad story all around, but it primarily revolves around two kids with very sad stories. Worth noting, the people I was celebrating this Labor Day with have a very it-takes-a-village approach to child mending. An adult is left in charge of a little one, and if the little one and the adult part ways, 
the adult makes sure a different adult has charge of the kid. Leads to some interesting situations where a kid is MIA, but we've never actually lost track of one and have a 100% safety rate. Well, aside from trip and falls and scrapes, but that's just the price of doing business when you're little. The first kid is Max. He's five and was put in sole custody of his dad after his mom was arrested. He wears a diaper still due to the trauma he suffered, and his dad feels like he failed him, and as a result seems to be incapable of disciplining the kid. It's been two and a half years now and people watch Max like a hawk, because he cannot be trusted near animals or with other people's things. When caught, he turns on the waterworks and his dad doesn't do anything. The second kid is Alicia, and she's four and was adopted by a pair of my friends. She's got a speech impediment that her bio parents tried to solve by beating it out of her. When we first met her, everyone was given firm instructions. No using the R word in her presence at all for any reason. Second rule, if she feels comfortable enough to speak to you, you listen, period. Third rule, no surprise hugs, no fist bumps, no high fives. If she's having a good day, low fives are allowed. If she gets triggered, she just shuts down doesn't cry, doesn't do anything, doesn't respond to outside stimuli, she just goes away. And it's the saddest thing to see. Sweetest little kid though, her smile lights up the whole room when it comes out. On to the events. Alicia's just hit her why phase a few years late for obvious reasons, and she had asked me why she gets shocked by doorknobs while running around in stocking feet. I happen to rather enjoy these questions and I was in the middle of a talk with her about why that is. She was speaking when Max and his dad arrived. I was down on my haunches and listening very closely when Max runs up and just shoves Alicia to the ground and says, Shut up, R-word, Uncle OP. My iPad is broken. Can you fix it? Brandishing a tablet at me. I won't lie to you and say it wasn't a struggle to keep my voice even, but I knew yelling would only make things worse for Alicia. I say, excuse you? I'm not fixing a thing until you apologize to Alicia and wait your turn. But Uncle OP, my tablet. Apologize and then wait your turn. Max yells, no. I say, then stop calling me uncle and find someone else to fix it. Bullies don't get my help and they certainly don't get to call me uncle. Poor Alicia was just laying where she fell, not even crying. Hadn't sat up, just looked like a robot that had run out of batteries. I scooped her up and told Max, you stay right here while I find Alicia's mom. This conversation isn't over. He just started screaming, no bully, no bully, no bully. I snuck inside the house with Alicia, where it was quieter for a moment and said, Alicia, I know you're scared right now, but I need to tell you a secret. Can you nod if you hear me right now? This is very important. I got the tiniest little nod and I told her, Max has the same exact problem talking that you do, and I understand you much better. You can't tell anyone I told you that though, okay? Bless her little heart, she actually whispered, Willie? Of course, would I lie to you? Tiny shake of the head. I tracked down her mom outside and gave her the Cliff Notes version of what went down. Mom looked like she wanted to rend Max limb from limb, but I told her the plan. She was appeased. They went somewhere quiet so Alicia could come out of her shell, and I went back to where I'd left Max. Max was being held by his dad, and his dad was asking Max what had happened to his tablet. And he was just repeating, no bully. Apparently after I'd left Max, he smashed his tablet on the ground and his dad had no idea what happened. I raised my voice a little so people would pay attention and asked Max to repeat what he'd said to Alicia. 
He shook his head and started crying, still shouting, No bully, and sobbing hysterically. When I relayed the exact events that happened, his dad had the grace to look ashamed. Come on, OP, you know what he went through. Can we cut him a break? He doesn't know any better. This is the canned response anytime Max is caught doing something, like kicking a dog or stealing a toy or phone to play with. I was done. Further discussion ensued that I won't bother relaying, but Max's dad refused to do anything to actually discipline his child, just like every other time Max acts out. But this time, we were done. This is so far across the line from acceptable, it boggles the imagination. We were planning on doing campfire s'mores after dinner, but I called an audible. New plan is putt-putt golf and then ice cream, and whoever does the best at putt-putt gets the biggest, bestest ice cream the place has. Every single adult agreed Max and Max's dad shouldn't come with. They got to stay home and think about what they'd done. Miraculously, her recorded scores for putt-putt were 18 hole-in-ones. And listening to her laugh while she tried to contend with an ice cream that was very nearly as big as she was made everyone's night. Max and his dad were gone by the time we got back. I hope his dad gets his act together. Hopefully this wakes Max's dad up, opens their eyes to just how much they've been letting slide. Maybe at least seeing it boil over to the other parents and people who are taking care of these kids or come in contact with these kids will finally inspire some kind of action. The chances are slim, you know, they allowed Max to get that way. But maybe, just maybe. And our final story of the day is from Clabbage Cobbler. Parents booted me out at 18 and left me homeless. 10 years later, and they lost everything to the 2020 bankruptcy, so they broke into my home to squad while I was away. This is a rant story, and I just need a place to vent this. I don't want to reveal any details that would get me recognized, especially by my parents if they happen to be on Reddit. So please, no one ask for any details I don't already provide in this post. I'm 30, male, and my parents didn't really want kids. I was an only child and pretty much an accidental pregnancy from what relatives have told me, as my parents claimed that they were going to be child-free when they married. My childhood was initially good, but I think after I started growing out of the cute and adorable phase, my parents were less inclined to spend time with me. They both worked and had their own business that they started together. That business was their life, and I was always second fiddle to it. Any other close members of family like my grandparents lived states away, and I barely knew anything about them till I was an adult. So I had no other family around my entire childhood. I was practically raised by TV and my school teachers. My own birthdays by the time I became a teenager were often spent without my parents as they'd just give me some money and tell me to go out and buy whatever I wanted. It was more or less the same with Christmas, and sometimes even back to school shopping. We wouldn't have even had a Christmas tree after I turned 10 if it weren't for the fact that I convinced my parents to buy a fake one I could build up and then take apart later every year. If I were to describe my parents, think of them as those people who always wear black, drink lots of wine, and look down their noses at people. And the last I saw of my parents, they still looked and acted the same way. Although my father was always wearing a toupee now. When I turned 16, I asked my parents if I could work part-time for them at their business and they just told me that they had no open positions or something like that. They may as well have just come right out and said they didn't want me there. After I turned 18, my parents told me that since I was an adult, they expected me to move out as soon as I was able. I was working part-time because I was still in high school and I didn't have anywhere near enough saved for college. 
and not long after high school ended, my parents told me to pack up and move out. They got an official eviction notice that gave me 30 days and everything. They didn't even help me move. I had to get help from a friend's dad who owns a truck. I ended up renting a crappy apartment and working retail. I had no real life experience and no time for college. Then, after just a few months, I got fired because my manager legitimately had it out for me and wrote me up for the stupidest things. I don't even remember what they were anymore, but I wasn't the only one the manager treated that way. I called corporate about it, and so did a few other people. Corporate looked into the manager, and they were soon fired for various reasons. Not many of which I actually know, since it was mostly kept quiet. But someone told me theft of cigarettes was a part of it, and the manager was a chain smoker. Corporate refused to rehire me and only said they'd change the record to say I was laid off instead of terminated so my resume would still be clean. Guess they considered me damaged goods or something. I ended up going broke pretty fast because I was terrible in managing my own money and couldn't find steady employment. So I lost my apartment. I went back to my parents begging for help but they refused to take me in. Not even for a little while to get back on my feet. I ended up homeless and living out of a tent in someone's backyard in winter. My friends had all moved on to college, some in other states, and I was a broke kid taking whatever work I could to stay alive. My salvation came when one of the neighbors of my parents found out I was living out of a tent and offered to take me in for a little while so I wouldn't freeze. She helped me badger my parents into telling me how to get in touch with the other members of my estranged family. My parents didn't want to say. My guess is out of fear of being judged for throwing their son out the way they did, but they cough up the info and gave me a list of contact details and then told me to not bother them ever again. I called my grandparents from my father's side of the family and they were very surprised and happy to hear from me because they hadn't seen me since I was an infant and I'm their only grandchild. My grandparents, after finding out my situation, flew me over to live with them as soon as they could. They basically adopted me. My parents didn't even see me off at the airport, despite being invited to. I had zero contact with them for pretty much a decade. My grandparents said they despised my parents for treating me so poorly and legally disowned them by striking them from their wills. My parents, I'm told, were not happy to hear that, but also said it didn't really matter because they were plenty well off and didn't need anything from my grandparents. How wrong that statement turned out to be. After about a year of living with my grandparents, I was able to afford to start going to community college. I got an associate's degree, got a decent job thanks to a recommendation from my grandpa, and eventually my grandparents offered to sell me their house so they could retire to Arizona. My grandma wanted to live in a warmer climate as the cold winter was getting harder and harder on her health every year. I was sad to see them go, but I happily bought the house. They sold it to me for one-third its value, and I'll have it paid off in a few more years. My job has me going away on the road periodically, so I can end up away from home for weeks at a time. Not that I mind the travel. I have no pets or girlfriend or anything like that. I wouldn't have time for them right now, but in a few years when I have some things in order I'll make time. I don't want to stay a lonely bachelor forever. Then one day in late 2020, I came home after being away for over two weeks only to find a large white van I did not recognize in my driveway. I was getting ready to call the police, when I noticed the van had the logo for my parents' business on the side of it, and I felt dread. 
Yes, my parents were there. They had broken in somehow and were living out of my home. And they had the nerve to greet me like we were buddy-buddy the moment I walked in. I told them to get the heck out and they refused because it was grandma and grandpa's house. I said it wasn't their house anymore. They sold it to me when they retired. They'd have known that if they were in any way involved with my life. But they threw me to the wolves 10 years prior with no life experience. We argued and they refused to leave. My father told me it was his parents' house first, and that meant he and my mother had the right to live there if they wanted. I walked right into my bedroom, locked the door, and called the police. When the cops showed up, they were of no help. My parents claimed to them that they'd already been there long enough to have residency, which was a complete lie, but I had no cameras to prove they weren't there a month. My neighbors had no cameras either, so it was my word against my parents over how long they'd really been there, and they were claiming squatters' rights. They told police they had a verbal rental agreement with me, and that I was trying to illegally evict them for no reason. My mother even put on the waterworks when saying that. The police told me it was a family dispute and to file eviction with the courts to get them out. And this was in 2020. Getting to court for anything took longer because of the pandemic. Meanwhile, my parents are squatting in my house rent-free and rubbing it in my face. From the information I got out of them, their business went bankrupt and they sold off almost everything they had to pay their debts. All they had left was the van and a few personal belongings, so they expected to live in my house rent-free for the foreseeable future. They were working too. Both of them soon got new jobs. My father as a delivery driver, my mother as a sales associate. They were making money and the only things they contributed to was electricity and water utilities, which was basically just handing me a $100 bill every month and saying I should be grateful they were paying me anything. Anytime I tried to discuss proper rent with them, they just said I owed it to them to live rent-free because I took 18 years of their lives. And it's not like they were demanding the money back for that time, then threatened to stop helping with the utilities altogether. I was so at my wit's end that I ended up calling my grandparents to explain the situation to them. They were very unhappy and spoke with my parents, but my parents still said that they had the right to stay in my home and refused to budge. My grandpa told me he was sorry he'd come to this, and that if they hadn't sold me the house, my parents wouldn't have evaded. I told them not to worry, I'd already filed for a legal eviction and would get it soon enough, and my parents already knew that they were on borrowed time. I made sure to say that in earshot of my parents too. They responded with the silent treatment. My father was away most of the time driving a delivery vehicle six days a week, which was a job really not to his liking and my mother basically tried to take over my house in her spare time. She demanded I let her rearrange my living room and even tried to force me to give her and my father the master bedroom because they were my parents and they deserved better, as she put it. I vetoed both of those things and said they don't deserve better and to stop trying to act like I owe them anything. I didn't ask to be born, and it's a normal obligation for parents to raise their own children and all they were doing was trying to assert dominance to try and keep me from kicking them out. Finally, after four months, and now into early 2021, I managed to take my parents to court over their squatting. We only needed to go to court because they fought the eviction and tried to gaslight me into rescinding it. They tried to use the fact that it was formerly my grandparents' house and the fact that they were giving me $100 a month as some sort of leverage of residency, but there was no real rental agreement and they were smart enough to not try and forge one, as that would have been fraud. 
So the judge ordered that they would need to be out in a maximum of 30 days because they have zero claim on my house. After court, they confronted me and said they were disappointed in me for kicking out my own flesh and blood. I couldn't help but laugh and called them hypocrites because that's exactly what they did to me without a care in the world for my well-being. They had no love for me, so I have no love for them. I owed them nothing. They just try to act like everything that was mine is theirs. But they had no right to call themselves my parents because they've never really acted like it. I called them a pair of snobby, lying narcissists to their faces and told them to get their affairs in order because they already know I won't hesitate to call police if they don't leave my house when the 30 days are over. My father looked enraged, but my mother stopped him from saying or doing anything by grabbing his shoulder and shaking her head. He sneered at me and walked away. They left, but not without a lot of tension. That final month was spent with them either guilting me to try and make me change my mind or completely ignoring me. I put up a calendar in the living room and checked off each day before they had to leave with a red marker and the exact day they were to be out was marked with a big red circle. I still remember that final day was March 2nd. My parents waited until the exact day that they had to leave my home for good before they finally left. Even when all of their stuff was out of the house and they were sleeping on the floor in the guest room for a few days. They were so convinced they could make me let them stay, they didn't bother to try and look for an apartment until after the court eviction went through and my mother spent weeks scrambling to find an apartment. They had to get a tiny and crappy studio apartment in the next city over because it was the only thing they could find on such short notice. A lot like what I had to do when I was 18. Quite ironic. I drove my mother over to see it once, and the apartment was terrible. The walls were baby barf green, the carpet looked like it was 20 years old, the only window just had a view of a brick wall outside, There was no dishwasher, the stove was the smallest one I'd ever seen, and the toilet looked like it really needed to be replaced. The walls also did a little to stop noise from neighbors. There was already two people loudly fighting in the adjacent apartment while we were there. My mother went out of her way to give me sad looks while dropping hints that I should be feeling guilty that I was reducing them to live in such a place, but I just acted oblivious to it all until she finally stopped. They signed the lease right away and moved what little stuff they had into the apartment over the weekend. They also ended up demanding the queen-size bed, dresser, and flat-screen TV for my guest room. I told them to just take the dang things because I no longer wanted them in the house after they spent five months sleeping in that room. They looked like I was treating them as though they were diseased and demanded nothing more. The moment they had to leave for good, I started changing the locks on all exterior doors. All their stuff was at the apartment, and they'd spent their last night in my guest room. They watched me start ripping the old lock off the door as they were getting into the van. They said nothing. I said nothing. But they just sat and watched me for a while until I had the new doorknob on. Then they finally left. I breathed a massive sigh of relief the second that van went down the road. I figured karma had finally come for them, and they could live under a rock for all I cared. But nope. My grandparents heard from them recently. They'd called them to brag that they had a new business similar to their old one in the same state I'm living in now, and they're basically on track to be right back to where they used to be in life prior to the pandemic, which was making good money and looking down on others. I've already googled their new business, and it seems to be doing quite well. They have many positive reviews and everything. I'm pretty freaking resentful, truth be told. They put me through being homeless, squatted for next to free at my house for months, 
then went right back to being the snobby, wine-drinking business people they used to be. If karma is real, it's taking too dang long. I'd like to thank everyone for all the constructive advice. And many of the points that are being made on selling the house, I'm realizing have merit. I've asked my grandparents if it would be a good idea if I moved closer to them. They told me that if I want to sell the house, then to go right ahead. My parents will have no clue where I am if I move away, so I'm heavily considering it now. I'm going to see if the company I work for can transfer me down south. I think I wouldn't mind the warmer climate anyway. I've hated winter since the time I've had to live in a tent. I don't have many friends where I currently am as I'm kind of a loner, so it wouldn't be too hard to start over somewhere farther away. I'm attached to this house, but it's not like I grew up in it, so I will consider moving. Yes, I understand the need for more cameras, and will be looking into that. As for those wondering how my parents broke in and fooled police, well, it's stupidly simple. My parents got in through a window I forgot to lock. They just pulled the screen off and opened it to get right in. Then they found my spare house keys I kept hanging on a hook near the kitchen and copied them. When claiming squatter's rights to the police, as well as saying we had a prior verbal agreement, my parents presented working house keys to the cops and lied their little butts off saying I'd let them move in. My parents had already also filed for an address change with the DMV online before I'd even gotten home and showed police a printout of that that they'd made and said that their new IDs with my address were soon to be in the mail. The cops just looked annoyed, told me it was a domestic issue, and to file to evict them like a normal person. I wish I'd gotten their badge numbers to report them. My parents had their mail redirected to my house, which is another thing they used to claim residency. The thing is that if they'd lived in my house for more than 30 days with permission, squatter's rights would have made them tenants. They claimed they had my permission and used every dirty trick at their disposal to convince police they had the right to be there. There was no way for them to confirm or deny how long my parents had been living in the house, and it turned into a situation of everybody pointing fingers and police didn't know who to believe. That's why I had to go to court to evict them. I did refuse to give my parents the Wi-Fi password while they lived with me though, since they weren't contributing to that utility. However, they just used their smartphones to run a mobile hotspot and got internet that way the whole time they were squatting in my house. Those of you saying that I should leave bad reviews or expose my parents' past, there really is no point. I'm going to take the high road there and just forget about them. However, if they committed fraud to start that new business of theirs, then I'll get some popcorn when that comes back on them, because they'd inevitably call someone for help. For those who don't believe that 30-day thing with squatters, here's a direct USA law on the matter. In most areas, anyone who lives on your property for more than 30 days with permission can claim rights as in the eyes of the law, they become your tenants. When this happens, you'll usually need to carry out an eviction procedure. However, in the case where permission was never given and an unoccupied property is forcibly entered and lived in, there are still rules you must follow. My parents falsified permission and lied about how long they'd been in my house. That's why it took five months to get rid of them. Now you know. I mean, I understand why squatters' rights exist. The bottom line is, for places that are abandoned or aren't getting taken care of, you don't want those spaces to go to waste if somebody is maintaining it or at least living there and making it somewhat useful. There's a hesitancy to want to kick them out. And also it protects them from some vigilantism. 
You can't have a homeowner just like forcing people out, could be hostile, or even having like people who just basically hunt down these squatters and try to get them kicked out on the street. But this story shows there's a lot of flaws with that system. I mean, how do you prove that they've been there for a certain amount of time? If they can just falsify enough information to claim that there was a verbal agreement, that's all they need? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.